0: Gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. I hope you can hear the sound of my voice because something crazy was going on with the uh, studio website this morning. But my name is Jumpin' Jay. This is 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And like I said, I'm hoping you can hear the sound of my voice right now. Uh, Today's conversation is all about one of the greatest of all time, The Undertaker. Today, we share our favorite memories and moments from the career of the dead man. But we also ask a very interesting question. If Mark Calloway had not been available back in 1990, is there anybody else that Vince McMahon could have tapped on the shoulder and given this iconic gimmick to? Now, I want to go on record as saying, if they had given this particular character, the Undertaker, to any other professional wrestler, I think they could have got some sort of a run out of it. I don't think it would have had the longevity or the meaning that Mark Calloway was able to bring it to the character. I think maybe they could have gotten a year or two out of somebody else portraying the undertaker inside the world wrestling federation. But Mark was able to do something that I don't think a lot of people could have. He was able to adapt and change that character, which, with such subtle nuances that it became fresh in every kind of era that it went to. But my favorite, my favorite is kind of that initial old-school Dead Man, Wild West-type Undertaker that would debuted back at Survivor Series in 1990. But today we're going to jump into it all. We are going to talk about the career of the Dead Man that spanned it decades. We are going to talk about the debut back in 1990, and we're going to give our listeners a chance to talk about that question. Who else could have portrayed the Undertaker character? We are live now after some technical difficulties. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. We're going to jump into the conversation with longtime caller, good friend of the show. Mr. Babyface Brian, Brian, good morning, man. Thank you for hanging on hold as we kind of sorted out the technical difficulties this morning.
1: No problem. How you doing, Jay?
0: I am doing very good, my friend. How about yourself?
1: Doing great. I was. Uh, I'm guessing Tommy's not there yet. I wanted to ask him how his uh, first six days of the Rock and Wrestling Collector have gone, but uh, you can ask him for me when you talk to him later. If he's oh, no, here he. I'm
0: here. He brother. was just how able to good connect morning. as well.
1: Oh, excellent. Well, I'm glad yeah. Tommy's there. Tell me how the first six days went at the Rock and Wrestling Collector, my friend.
2: Hey, good morning. How are you? Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. A little uh, technical difficulty at the top of the hour, but Jumpin' Jay weaseled his way into the uh, system, so we are having <laughs> well said. a live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast today. Babyface Bryant, happy you're the first on. Thank you very much for asking. Everything went awesome, man. We had a really good turnout on Black Friday, and uh, people have been coming in since then. Uh, We're really excited about the rebranding of the storage now, The Rock in Wrestling Collector. Again, it's located on Route 23 in Stockholm, New Jersey, and uh, we're actually going to be closed tomorrow. Anyone that's listening, uh, we actually have a live event tomorrow. It's our actual final last ISPW show of, 2023 taking place tomorrow at St. Bonaventure Church in Patterson, New Jersey. It's located right off Route 80 on the highway. It's actually my family's church up in day, so for the first time ever, I'm bringing ISPW to my own church, so uh, hopefully uh, all the wrestlers are on their best behavior tomorrow. <laughs> Else, uh, I'm going to have to use a couple words Vince McMahon used throughout his career.
1: Nice. Well, I got my I got my list of five guys of possible replacements for The Undertaker for you.
0: Let's hear them. So, I am very curious because I did my research. I looked at all the rosters back in 1990 to try to cherry pick who else could have possibly filled this character if Mark wasn't available. And so I'm very interested uh, to hear your take on it, Brian.
1: All right, so a couple of honorable mentions would be Stan Hansen, who wasn't – uh I don't think he was quite big enough, but uh, I think he could have pulled it off. And uh, Kevin Nash, who had only been in wrestling, I think, since September of uh, 90, so I don't think he was quite seasoned enough. But um, I'll pull up the uh, – in number five, the Widowmaker, Barry Windham, could have uh, made a return, and he's tall enough and would have had the athleticism to ro- to rival uh, Mark Callis, it's just, you know, he never stuck around for long in WWE, WWF, um, but I'll throw his name in there. Uh, next would be John Nord, or uh, Nord the Barbarian, or the Berserker, another really tall guy that, uh, you know, might have been able to fill that uh, that role. Um, next on the list would be Dan Spivey, one of uh, Mark, mean, Mark Callis's, uh partners in the skyscrapers another super tall guy he actually had a uh, a couple of heel matches i want to say an 87 before he uh took off from uh, wwf um but another like i say a tall guy that could have uh, walked slowly to the ring and uh and uh it probably rolled the eyes in the back of the head um did vicious is number two so uh Again, I think uh, he would have been a menacing presence. And then, uh, like I said last week, in number one, I'd go with uh, Scott Hall, the future Razor Ramon, who I believe took off to Japan from around for several years around that time. But uh, those would be my five is uh, uh, Scott Hall, uh, Sid Vicious, Dan Spivey, uh, J- John Nord, and uh, and uh, um, the one last one was Barry Windham. So those are my five.
2: That's not bad at all, man. That's really and 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 all these guys at the time of the creation of the Undertaker, they were all free agents at that time.
1: They were all away from WWF, so they were all in some other federation at that time. So that's uh, I, I figure most guys uh, available. There's not a lot of guys that size that weren't working somewhere, you know. So even sure. Mark Callis was. WCW, but yeah, none of them were WWF at the time, so, so that'd be my guys, and, uh, and I'll, I'll look forward to hearing what the other people on the show have to say. I will say that, uh, uh nobody could have done it 30 years like Mark Calloway. Nobody could have filled that role. Um I was, I've never been a huge Undertaker fan. I didn't like the super long entrance that he had. Uh, I kind of stopped watching around 93, 94. And so I didn't get to see his best years in the Attitude Era. But uh, I definitely have all the respect in the world for him and don't think anybody could have filled that role. So I look forward to hearing what the other guys who call in have to say about uh, The Undertaker and who they come, with, uh, come up with on their list of potential guys to replace him.
2: Yeah, man. And real quick while, I have, while you're still on, I want to make mention – if you look back on The Undertaker's legacy in WrestleMania, and and I want to jump into this conversation later, too, with you, Jay, about having Brock Lesnar be the one that defeated him, or him just getting defeated in general at WrestleMania. But before we do that, I want to make mention how important Undertaker's first victim was at WrestleMania. If you look back, his first WrestleMania opponent was Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Now, Jimmy Snuka at the time, you were transitioning right from the '80s to the to the '90s, and Jimmy was one of, if not the one of the you know the top five biggest stars in the '80s, in my opinion, uh, during the early '80s. Anyway, during that before the first WrestleMania, and he was such a a major part of the history of WWF. for For him to beat Jimmy Snuka and his first WrestleMania, I don't think that was by design. I think that that was some way somehow passing the torch to someone that they knew was going to be a gigantic major star for decades to come, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. If you look at like Rushmore of WWF uh, baby faces for the first half of the 80s, you know, you might have uh, Snuka, um, Slaughter right at the end there, Andre, and uh, Bob Backlund, but Snooka probably drew more fans in, from 80 to 85 or 81 to 85 in WWF than uh, than any other babyface, or he was right there at the top. So great choice uh, of somebody that could grow over uh, when it came to WrestleMania time in 1991 and, and kind of start that, like you say, that huge WrestleMania legacy that ended with uh, Brock Lesnar and then uh, mm-hmm. fired back up again.
2: You know, while we're talking about it, Jay, let's let's jump at it right now. We can then we can get everyone else's opinion on the situation too. And I would like to hear from everyone whether or not they're okay with the fact that the Undertaker didn't keep his WrestleMania undefeated streak. That's one one part of the question. Second part is, if you are okay with it, was Brock Lesnar the right choice? So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, Jumpin' Jay. Should Undertaker have ever lost at WrestleMania? And if you're okay with the fact that he did lose, are you okay with the fact that Brock Lesnar was the one that defeated him? And then right back to you, uh, Brian, to get your take on it.
0: All right. Very interesting question. My opinion, no. The streak should not have ever been broken. I think having an undefeated streak at WrestleMania for The Undertaker does more for the legacy of his character, and he's such a WWF, WWE guy that it does a lot for the WWE as a whole. As far as Brock Lesnar being the one to beat him, Brock Lesnar, the reason Brock Lesnar could beat him is he's legitimate, it's believable, but Brock Lesnar didn't gain anything from breaking the streak. He was already a made man. It didn't, it didn't help boost him to a, uh, another level of superstardom. He was already that guy. And so I think it would have done much more for everybody if he would have just kept the streak or if somebody gains from having beat it. I think, you know, there's no shame in losing to Brock Lesnar, but it didn't make Brock Lesnar. If you could have made a future superstar out of that, then it might've been worth it. But in my opinion, the dead man should have went undefeated his whole career.
1: And so for me, and I love Jay and everything about Jay and all he has to say, but I'm the complete opposite. I'm glad that, uh, uh, it went to Brock. I feel like that, uh, started that uh, era of uh, Brock's dominance. I know that the, everybody complained about how few times he defended the title, the times that he was world champ that uh, last several years there. But uh, I felt like it was shocking enough and the right time and the right guy to do it. So I'm a, I'm okay with it. I feel like it was the right move, and I feel like it jumped Brock into the uh, top uh, performer the top big match guy for several years and gave him legitimacy as the guy that ended the streak. So I'm on the opposite side of the fence and it's maybe because of it. that 20, 20 year gap from 94 to around 2014, 2013, 2014, where I missed a lot of that in between and I didn't appreciate it as much. But for me, it was like this huge, uh, thing that I, I had no problem with. And I saw, uh, I saw the level up, uh, for me, of, in my mind, of Brock Lesnar, even though in other people's, maybe, maybe he was already there. For me personally, it was a big deal, and I thought, thought it was the right guy to, to launch him and, and make him the big match, uh, big match feel kind of guy for many pay-per-views to come. So um, I appreciate you guys so much, and we uh, wish you a great rest of the show and a great weekend. Uh, go Vikings, go Giants, uh, go Niners, and I will uh, talk to you all later. Sounds hey, good, I, Brian. I, I, Thank
0: I, you so much.
2: They, they. said, by real, real quick, Jumpin' Jay. I want to, I want to jump in real quick before we go to the next caller. So he just said, and, and pardon me, my, uh, my voice is not a hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm a little under the weather, Jumpin' Jay. Um, it's that rock and roll that mention. you've added. It, it's tough to sing rock and roll music yeah, yeah. at
0: the collector every day.
2: Yeah, I'm, i partying all day long. Now, I'm, 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 my <laughs> body's catching up to me. You know,
0: yeah.
2: um, I want to make mention real quick. He just mentioned about good luck giants now. Any NFL fans out there, this is a funny story. So right now the Giants have a third-string quarterback as their starting quarterback, right? His name is Tommy DeVito. Now, you're going to laugh at this, uh, uh, Jay. Guess where Tommy DeVito lives?
0: Well, because you're saying it, I'm guessing it's got to be near you or near the wrestling collector, somewhere in the Tommy Fierro neighborhood.
2: Yeah, know, well, he definitely lives near me, but he lives literally. Around the corner from Stromboli sister Jen,
1: it's his, and, and
2: she's neighbors with him. He, he lives in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, and he lives with his mom and dad still. So their house is literally around the corner from Stromboli sister Jen.
0: She better bring him some pregame dinner, some food to fuel up for well, the for the games.
2: Well, listen, I don't know if you, if you read the news at all, well, probably not from up here, but it's in, the, it's in everywhere you look up here in the newspapers and in the and in the, in the local. Uh, news affiliates. Uh, he's obsessed with his mother's chicken cutlets. Uh, so uh, I don't know if the Tromboli sister fears a chance against Tommy DeVito's mom's cutlets. But I digress. Let's 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 move on to the
0: next call. Hey, before we pick up the next the next uh, rock and roll rock and wrestling slam line, uh, you need to weigh in, man. What's your thought on the streak being broken uh, by the beast Brock Lesnar? You know
2: I'm I'm right in the middle of what you said and what Brian said. Uh, a part of me, as a promoter, never wants to see that streak end. Uh, it would have, uh, you know, I mean, under, listen, Undertaker cemented his legacy long before, you know, he lost that WrestleMania match. So, I mean, that's not going to be defying of him. I mean, he's one of the greatest, biggest stars in the history of wrestling. So, I mean, that's that's not going to change ever. So, regardless of be a little bit lost in the next 20 WrestleManias, but to be able to say when you look back at the history of WrestleMania, you know, and you say, you know, this guy was undefeated, you know, one of the great. I, I get that. However, I also do get in fifty years from now when you're, you know, like like we do today, Jay, where we talk about, you know, the legacy of, you know, we we think of fifty years ago of Bruno Sammartino, of Superstar Billy Graham, of Pedro Morales. Like we we talk about those guys now. So fifty years from now, you got to think. Wrestling fans are we'll gonna be talking about the guys that are current right now for us. So like, they might be saying fifty years from now, you know, that Undertaker was twenty-one and O, but then Brock Lesnar, he stepped there with Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar defeated him. So like, it was such a shocking moment, and like the the, the fan was faced his his in that that image, will be a part of WWE history forever. That shot of that one fan shocked when the Undertaker uh lost i mean i i i if it was me uh it's tough to say i i am right in the middle i'm fine with him never losing and i'm fine with him losing and i'm i'm even fine with him losing to Brock Lesnar and i do as a promoter i do get it uh Brock Lesnar did not need to beat the undertaker uh he definitely did it it should have went or could have went to someone that uh They were trying to elevate, but here's the, I'm going to play devil's advocate. So, say you would have gave that, instead of giving it to Brock Lesnar at that WrestleMania, you give it to Roman Reigns instead. I can guarantee you, one billion percent at that time, because Roman Reigns now is not Roman Reigns back then. I guarantee you if Roman Reigns would have been the guy that beat Undertaker at that point, even though technically... As a booking decision, it is the right decision. Uh, You know, Roman was going to be the guy or was the guy at the time, right about to be the guy. But I think that wrestling fans would have revolted tremendously uh, because of that and say, oh, you know, you're you're shoving this guy down our throats, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Brock, who already had a shitload of credibility before he even stepped in the ring with The Undertaker – you got more of a shocking reaction when he beat The Undertaker because even though no one thought The Undertaker could be defeated at WrestleMania, you know in the back of your head that Brock Lesnar is a bad motherfucker, right? So I think, I think, I, I, I think it's a different... Yeah, that's why I think it was the right choice because if it was Roman, I think the fans would revolt it. Because they, they, would, they would have booed that finish out of the building, whereas at, with Brock Lesnar... It was
0: more of a Joel dropping to the ground. Everyone was shocked. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I have two follow-up questions for you as I'm listening to your answer. And they both come from maybe the mind of a promoter. One, would Vince McMahon have allowed The Undertaker to go undefeated? Does that somehow make him bigger than the company, bigger than the event WrestleMania? Did, did Vince McMahon need to have The Undertaker lose from just a Vince McMahon point of view? For the sake of, you know, being Vince and always having to have one over on everybody. And my second question is, there's an interview out there with Paul Heyman where he kind of teases that maybe that wasn't supposed to be the finish. But that the Undertaker was severely concussed and didn't kick out when he was supposed to. Two questions. Do you think Vince McMahon was going to have him lose, not go undefeated? Like that was Vince's plan. He's going to have him lose at some point. And two, do you think that was the finish? of that match? Or do you think that just happened by injury?
2: No, I I definitely think that that was the finish of the match. Uh, And um, I'm sorry, what was What was the first part of it?
0: Do you think Vince McMahon being the booker that he is, his reputation is kind of having to have one over on everybody. Would he have allowed a performer Uh, to go undefeated? Sure. Sure. He would. And
2: I don't think that's the reason why. So Vince McMahon can ultimately say that, you know, someone defeated The Undertaker at WrestleMania, I think it's more of a, okay, let's fucking shock everyone. I think it was more of a decision like that because no one – listen, once in a while, even though I do it on a small, very small level uh, here in New Jersey, but sometimes I just throw a curveball just because I wake up that day and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to fucking shock everybody today. I'm going to do something that no one's expecting. And I think that that was probably – uh, their decision going into it, like, no one's going to think Undertaker's ever going to lose, so if he loses right. today, this place is going to fucking come unglued, you know, like, no one's ever going to expect that. I think it was more of a just, because you look back at it, right, So I was just talking about, like, 50 years from now, people are going to be saying that Undertaker, you know, lost to Brock, and, and, and that, that image of that, that fan. So mm-hmm. what I think, really, is what they were doing, Jay, it was, they were creating a special... WrestleMania moment that will last forever. I think that's the bigger picture that a lot of people aren't seeing. It wasn't the fact that – because, listen, Undertaker, you're telling me if Undertaker stayed undefeated at WrestleMania, would he have been any less bigger of a star than he is right now? Of course not, right? He's the Undertaker. So he didn't really need – I mean, it would have been nice. Don't get me wrong. I I would love to have seen him go undefeated. I would love it. He didn't need it, though, for his legacy. His legacy is The Undertaker, man. He's the the king, right? (laughs) Excuse me. He's the king. But uh, they did that. And Brock didn't didn't need it either. So that's why I think my final answer is they were creating a special never-forget-WrestleMania moment.
0: I mean, it definitely grabbed headlines the next day. I think that was all anybody – was talking about. I think that's the thing you remember about that WrestleMania is that's when the streak was broken. So yeah, Vince McMahon was trying to shock everybody, try to grab headlines. It definitely worked in that regard. We're going to keep this conversation rolling. We're talking about the undertaker, one of the absolute greatest of all time. You can share your favorite memories, your moments, but we're also asking if you can think of who else Vince McMahon could have tapped on the shoulder back in 1990 and had them portray the character of the Undertaker had Mark not been available. We've already gone on record as saying whoever it was would not have had the iconic run Mark. Mark was special. He took that character to the next level. But certainly other guys could have gotten a few years of a run out of that gimmick. And we'd like to know who you think uh, could have donned the, uh, the trench coat and the, or the duster jacket and the, and the old uh, Undertaker hat. So we're going to keep this conversation rolling up next. We're going to Boston. It's Matt from Boston. Matt, good morning to you. Welcome to the conversation.
3: Gentlemen, good, good morning. Good morning. Tommy,
0: first off, thanks for
3: all the Tommy DeVito um, talk. I, I appreciate that. As a guy from, from Boston and a New England Patriots fan, I appreciate that because just when I think my football world can't get any worse, uh, we all know what <laughs> happened last Sunday in the Meadowlands. So thank, thanks, for, uh, <laughs> thanks for reminding me about all that. <laughs> um awesome. So, uh I'm going to I'm going to start by saying um I kind of disagree with 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 some the the last point you made Tommy about um the streak uh and the moment and I think I think the undefeated streak has a longer lasting impact if it's if the streak is intact and here's why. Um I think that if you, if you have the whatever it ends up being, 24, 25 and 0, that's something you can market for a long time. You can sell T-shirts, sure. you can put graphics, you can talk about it all the time, you can have specials, you can, you can leverage that as a, as a marketing vehicle for, for years and years to come, whereas when it ends... Look again, as a New England football fan, nobody gives a crap about eighteen and one. They care about nineteen and zero, and you gotta you gotta finish it off, um, and then you get to then you get to have that forever more. And I think this I think it translates well into the Undertaker streak, um, because I don't know that I, the, I,
2: I, I agree with you on that, about as Ryan. much. I agree with you on that. By that, like I said, I, I would have been perfectly fine if uh, he was sitting in twenty five and zero. Sounds absolutely amazing. Let me play devil's advocate with you though, real quick. Let me play devil's advocate with you. So, twenty. All right, so twenty-one and no, I mean twenty-one years undefeated. That's that's crazy, right? So twenty-five years is even. That's a ha, a quarter of a century. So that's even tougher to get there, right? But if they were able to get Undertaker to twenty-one and oh, and he lost, right? Who's to say? Playing devil's advocate with you, Matt. Who's to say that they might not have? Maybe one day they have the next guy. And now they can they can start. Oh, this is his eighth WrestleMania undefeated. then a couple of years later, it's his fourteenth WrestleMania undefeated. And then, sure enough, you have a, a new thing going on now where someone gets the twenty-one and zero, and now, you know, it's the fucking money match. Maybe it's for the title. The guy's twenty-one and zero going for the title against whoever. And then, like, I mean, what I'm saying is like they can possibly they can build off of that. I'm going off what you said about the legacy of it. Maybe they can. Further in the legacy of that by having someone beat that. So keep that in the back of your mind as well.
3: Well, that's that's certainly interesting, and that's some serious long-term forecasting and, and booking for sure. So, um, yeah, that that that's now, I got, I got a, I got, a tr- I got I got I got some homework for you to do, Matt. If you could do this for next week's episode, if
2: you want to look through the current Lositer, I'm curious to see, and, and I could do it myself, but we're just having the conversation. Who, who's on the current roster or who is available that has never lost at a WrestleMania. I wonder, like, no one ever talks about those stats anymore, but I'm sure there's got to be some guys out there that, you know, have an undefeated WrestleMania streak or, or maybe not. I don't know, but it's, it's worth looking into to see if anyone is. And maybe they're slowly, or maybe they're doing it, and they don't even know they're doing it. But uh, that, would be, that would be a way to definitely uh, elevate that <laughs> – Legacy by beating it, but I, listen, man, I'm I'm totally I agree with you. I am totally fine with Undertaker going undefeated, going twenty five and zero. That is his legacy. Not only you see the great one of the greatest of all time, he's the only wrestler in the history of wrestling never to lose at a WrestleMania. But who knows? Maybe that'll go to somebody else.
0: Well, and in, in all fairness, there's other people that have never lost at WrestleMania. Virgil is two and zero. Well, there you go. Just just throwing that out there, I don't know when a streak becomes a streak, but Mister T is also two and zero. I I think I think once you get past and
2: and, and, and it might not even, even happen yet, but when when you get past like ten and zero and then a couple years later he's now thirteen and zero like then, oh shit he's 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 creeping up he's creeping up on the Undertaker here like so I mean it's something that could definitely be done it, obviously extremely long term uh storytelling that someone has a WWE for life or you would def- definitely have to be on board but i mean it is possible anything is possible you know me me uh me coming up there and watching the eagles game with you is possible as well not eagles game uh, a uh, a patriot game is possible too you know
3: yeah well you know i i think i think the beauty of this question is that there's there's no right or wrong answer right so, no, absolutely not. You know, I'm, no. I'm, 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 list- I'm listening to you lay that out, and I'm, and I'm kind of seeing the merits of it. I'm like, hmm, all right, decent, decent argument, decent point. I think well, that's you know, what I'm makes trying. For good- I'm
2: just trying to, I'm just trying to make chicken salad out of chicken chip because I, 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 <laughs> I totally get what you're, I'm totally get what you're saying too about him never losing. I would totally be okay if, if I had to redo. If, if it was like if I can rewind the, rewind the clock, and I can do that, redo that finish. And they said, Tommy, would you? keep it the way it was with Brock beating him? Or would you keep The Undertaker undefeated? I would keep The Undertaker undefeated. I really would. Only because looking, you know, uh, you know, foreshadowing to the future, and you see that you know, Brock has made very sporadic appearances over the last 10 or how many years it's been since then. But again, I do get it as a promoter. It was that, wow, holy shit, you'll never forget that WrestleMania moment. So you're right, there isn't a wrong answer. Chup and Jay, chime in, my friend.
0: I just love the conversation because, yeah, you could book it any which way. I've already gone on record. I think the streak should have stayed intact. But uh, Babyface Brian made a good point that Brock was the guy because he's legitimate, and it helped you know cement Brock as an absolute dominating force inside the ring. Any way you book it, you're going to come out just fine at the end of the day, but I think he should have. The streak should have remained. Matt, the the follow-up question to all this is if you could have – if Vince McMahon didn't have Mark at that time, is there yeah. anyone else you see that could have filled that character? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so my first thoughts, um, when this, when the question was kind of posed last week, right off the top of my head was Dan Spivey and Kevin Nash, which, you know, uh, baby face Brian, uh, chimed in with, and, and I got three other names that I came up with and whether or not they meet the full qualifications, Eh, we'll we'll just we'll just call it a shade of gray. But I came up with I you know there's a clear and obvious one Brian Lee for obvious reasons um, could have could have maybe um, of ECW fame could have slid in there and, and, and done the job. We know he did it once pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I also thought, thought of Glenn, Glenn Jacobs um, could potentially have filled that role. Uh, again you know kind of the size and, and availability played in there. And then the last one which. You kind of have to go, uh, you know, stick with me on this one a little bit because he was employed. But I, I might have, I might have brought Brian Adams in, and instead of sliding him into demolition, I might have put him into the Undertaker role. Mm-hmm. He had the, he had the size and the, and the build, the, and the charisma. Eh, I don't know, but so, so the other three I came up with: Brian Lee, Glenn Jacobs, Brian Adams. That's what I got. Hey, you
2: know what? Real quick, the, the, and, and they're all really good choices, by the way, Matt. Especially the. Uh, yeah, actually, no, they all are really good. What I was going to say about your thing about, about the, the charisma, that's the thing. Uh, you could be a big motherfucker, but you, you got to be able to portray that character. Now, to every all those guys' credit, if you look back at the uh, WCW then, when he was their uh, Undertaker as part of the Skyscrapers, he did not have the charisma or the swag that he did as the Undertaker, right? So... Maybe if you were to put Brian Lee in that role, I mean, we always want him to do it one time. And, and that was a great choice, by the way, and I wasn't digging him. Uh, and, or the other guys, like, you never know. Like, maybe they could have it to that role. Like, cause I don't think you guys are both in agreement with me that The Undertaker did not have the star power, the charisma, or the personality or anything as Mark Callis compared to The Undertaker, right?
0: Yeah, would, would you yeah. would you say that the 1990s Undertaker had charisma? Is that a word you would use to describe the the debut I, of the Deadman?
2: I don't I don't want to. Charisma is not the right word. Um, what, what's the uh, showmanship, presentation, uh, being able to take your time and know when to turn your head or how to walk or how to look or how to talk? That's the kind of shit I mean. And he didn't have that. Uh, you look at anyone, you look at anyone at that time, like you don't know if they would be able to, cause I mean, no one's ever done a character like the undertaker before. Right. And, and th- at that time it was still, tor- it was still during that cartoonish type of era before they got to more of the athletic stuff with Brett and Sean and all that stuff. So, they took a chance with him. Like, they, who know, Who knows? Like, at that time, like, you, you're you, listen, here's the – you guys are at home and you work for WWE and you're watching WCW and you see Mark Calloway as part of the Skyscrapers. Like, I, I don't know. For me, I don't point to him and say, that's The Undertaker, you know? So, like, I think they took a shot to begin with giving him that role because no one's ever done a character like that before, so you have nothing to go off of, right? And he fucking knocked it out of the park. Who's to say that Ad, uh, Adam Baum or Danny Spivey or one of the other guys that were mentioned earlier couldn't have done that. They might have been able to. So I, I do think that he needs all the credit in the role though for taking that character, making it his own and, you know, make becoming one of the, if not the, the greatest WWE star of all time. But it would be interesting to see, if anyone else was given that role an opportunity and opportunity in the way they pushed that character, if the results would have been the same or a little different. It's a it's very, very interesting conversation.
0: Absolutely it is. And as we're talking about charisma, Babyface Brian shot in through the text line. Maybe the word we're looking for is Mark was able to bring some mystique to the character. Would those other guys have had the same mystique as The Undertaker? And I think that's a fair word to say because when The Undertaker debuted – it it was, it, as you know a young, young boy at the time, it was a little frightening. Like He definitely carried himself in a way different than any other superstars. And so I wouldn't say it was charismatic, but yeah, he had a mystique about him. He sent shivers down the spines of young fans as he walked that aisle. And so, yeah, I don't know if anyone else could have done that quite the way Mark did. It was special. Absolutely, man.
2: Uh, Matt, I, I loved uh, your, your take today, man. And uh, I'll tell you what, I loved it so much. I'm gonna let you pick next week's topic for eighties wrestling the podcast. I hate to put you on the spot. What would you like to hear us talk about next week here on the show?
3: Yeah, no fear there. I I got it locked and ready to go. Um so it's a little bit it's a little bit different and I'll be interested to see, you know, what the callers come up with. But I think a very underrated superstar, um, in the eighties and doesn't get talked about enough for um, the talent is Sherry Martel, And I'd
2: like to make Ooh. the topic Sherry
0: Martel. That's a great topic. Let's do
2: it. We're going to do it next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. We're going to talk about the life and times of sensational Sherry Martel. Uh, I'm very, very interested in this one. I was a huge fan of hers. And I had the opportunity to work with her a few times for a few of my conventions in the past. So I will share my firsthand hand experience with her also uh one night when i was down in uh north carolina for the nwa legends fan fest i actually hung out with her and a few other people all night at a at a restaurant and we went out to a a bar afterwards and they had a live band playing it was a whole weekend thing for the convention so she was super cool man and uh she's extremely grossly underrated as a performer so great topic man i'm looking forward to diving into that next week here on the podcast
3: Wow, yeah. I'm 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 jealous of I'm jealous of you in that respect. I've been a huge fan of her. Um and I think she is underrated. I don't think she gets the credit she deserves. Um she elevated everybody she worked with. Every everybody, every stop everywhere.
0: Um so we'll leave that for next week.
3: Gentlemen, thank you very much. Great conversation. Be good, boys.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, the conversation is rolling here. On The Undertaker, the rock and roll, the rock, I I keep saying rock and roll, Tommy. I got to get rock and wrestling collector cemented into my brain. The rock and wrestling collector slam line,
4: well, slam. so so do
0: I. Yeah, so we got to keep it rolling here. Up next, it's time to visit the firehouse. We're talking with firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome to The Undertaker conversation.
2: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing very well, sir. How about you? How are you, man? Can't complain. Can't complain. Uh hey uh, let me just say hey Tommy, how's uh, how was uh Friday? Was he uh, was uh Toto with Tom uh, respectful uh to the area camping out? Was it nice and clean when you opened on Friday morning? Toto with is the best man. He he had uh he was here camping out, he had bagels and, and drinks for everyone when we got here, man. He's, he's, he took it he held it down. I know that. You, know, you and him might be having an arm wrestling challenge at eighties wrestling con come this May, but uh, uh as far as him being at the start right and early and being his best behavior, he definitely was. But arm oh, wrestling. I want him in a friggin' cage. But uh arm oh, wrestling. But uh uh Tom's oh, a good what, uh, I guess I guess <laughs> this is a good segue to let you know that yes. uh, we were gonna actually announce it today. We are and WG, you're gonna like this. We are gonna have At 80s Wrestling Con, anyone that's been to 80s Wrestling Con knows that when you walk in the big arena, there's a a ring set up in the center of the arena as we have ISPW immediately following 80s Wrestling Con. Well, this year when you walk in the 80s Wrestling Con, you're not just going to see a ring there, J. It's going to be a 15-foot-high steel cage, and you'll have the opportunity to get your photo inside a steel cage at 80s Wrestling Con. That's that is incredible. Just perfect. That is excellent. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, that's a hundred percent. That's incredible. Great idea. And yeah, that's perfect. So yeah, put me and Tom in there, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll settle it. The, the, the rage in the cage. But uh, yeah, great great idea, Tom. And uh, glad the to age the...
0: in the cage.
2: Agent, yeah, that's probably yeah. For, yeah for you, you. Think, hey, listen, we'll put on. Listen, one thing about uh, me and Tom, we'll put on a better show in the cage than Hogan and Piper in WCW uh, in uh, ninety seven. I think it was whatever it was, but uh, you know, with the uh, with the Undertaker, you know, okay, a few things I want to concentrate on here is. When, when, you know, as I said last week, when he first came, he ran a lot of the old school, you know, wrestling fans away. It became, you know, too gimmicky, too make-believe. It just was, it was the straw that broke the camel's back with a lot of fans, okay? Uh, However, you know, in time, He became an you know, when you talk about reinvention and wrestling, the wrestler that a lot of people think of is Chris Jericho. Uh, The Undertaker, however, how many reinventions? You got the black and gray, which is my personal favorite. Then you have the black and purple. Then you have the uh, like the demon with the Ministry of Darkness. Then you had you know with the leather with the leather cowboy hat. Then of course you have the uh, the American badass. He was able to change through the years and change with the times and still stay relevant. And one I was at WrestleMania 20, and the biggest pop of the night, biggest pop I ever heard at the Garden for a wrestling show at least was when you know, he came back as the dead man at WrestleMania 20. When you heard that first gong, that crowd was already going ballistic. And then you hear Paul Bearer's voice, oh, yes. Um, crowd went even more nuts. Then he comes out. That was a huge indication of what a huge name Undertaker was to the company, not only at the at the time, but in the history of the company. So that's a real, you talk about WrestleMania moments. That moment doesn't come up and it should because that cemented Undertaker as an
5: undisputed
2: legend. Now, with the streak, my whole thing with the streak is I see both sides of the coin. All right. When he, when that streak was broken, Okay, now, I said WrestleMania 20 cemented him as a legend. This cemented him. As if he wasn't one of the top ten wrestlers in the history of the WWE, that moment is what did it. When that streak was broken, when the referee counted three, I
6: gasped.
2: I had a huge gasp. Me and the guys in, that I was watching with, were just stone-cold frozen. And that
1: reaction
2: that you heard in the Superdome, I've been to the Superdome. I saw Jets Saints there. That place is fucking loud, okay? the It was the loudest silence you could hear. And in an arena that big with that the stadium that could hold that many people, that reaction, and you saw that you know the uh, the reaction of that the fan with the glasses with the you know his eyes all up i mean tell me sports moment that had that reaction the whole place was completely just uh, just frozen okay but that was a very poignant moment that just showed what a legend the undertaker is now, as far as breaking the streak goes, at WrestleMania 29, okay, the Hell in a Cell with Triple H. Listen, I love The Undertaker. He's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. That match is, was the, I use the word indication a lot on this call. That indicated that it's time. And this was hard to believe. This April, it will be 10 years since the streak was broken. and. WrestleMania 29, that hell in a cell was, you know, almost 11 years. And I said, he's done. This is it. Because he looked ancient in that match. He looked ancient. If he wasn't uh, across the ring from Triple H, who was still on his get, Triple H looked great in that match. He did very well with the Undertaker. And you had Shawn Michaels as the ref. He looked ancient. And it was just Sad to see, okay. And um, so the next, if, if you know, it, it, there's a last time for everything, and he just could not go on a regular or even semi-regular basis anymore, okay. And I thought, if honestly, if there was anything wrong about breaking the streak, it was the night they did it because it stole Daniel Bryan's thunder. Hmm. I mean, how long have the, had the fans? Been screaming for Daniel Bryan to get his big break. They all wanted him to win the Rumble. They didn't do it, so they found a way to put him in the main event. I mean, that crowd I thought would have been even more electrifying. Going yes, 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 had the streak not been broken. So, so what do what do you guys well what do you guys think about
0: the point? You know, I think your Daniel Bryan point at the end is wonderful because earlier in this show I said the thing I remember about WrestleMania 30 is the streak being broken. I forgot for the moment that's when Daniel Bryan had his big moment. And so, yeah, you might be right. I mean, can you imagine having to go on after the streak just got broken and, and kind of sucked the wind out of the place? I know they had a, uh, a females wrestling match right after to try to be a buffer for the main event. But, yeah, I can't imagine having that kind of energy sucked from the building. And then you're supposed to go out as Daniel Bryan and, and bring everybody back to their feet and leave them on a happy note. Not an easy task by any means. So you might be right if the streak was meant to be broken. Maybe it should have been at a different time. I don't know when the right time would have been, though, to be honest with you. And that's why I say the streak should have just lived. And, and I'll jump in real
2: quick. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I, I get where you're coming from with the Daniel Bryan thing like, taking away from his thunder at the end. But, I mean, if you look back at WrestleMania 30 itself and you see how crazy the crowd went and how he, how he celebrated and how he was with Connor that day, yes, uh, I don't think it took away from Daniel Bryan, but you look back at the legacy of WrestleMania, and, and Jay, you're right, uh, WrestleMania 30, you think WrestleMania 30, you think this is the WrestleMania that Undertaker lost not that Daniel Bryan won the title. So, yes, great point. I don't think it hurt him that day, because if you go back and look at the footage, the crowd went ballistic, but the overall history of that WrestleMania, it definitely overshadows uh, by a zillion uh, Undertaker losing periods of Daniel Bryan winning. Absolutely. Good point. And, um, yeah, I I just wouldn't have done it that night. I thought it stole a lot of Brian's thunder. I thought it took a lot of energy out of of the crowd. But that was, you know, that was at WrestleMania, the big spot was the spot against The Undertaker. Not the main event, not the heavyweight championship match. That was the spot. That was the the match you wanted on the court because – that's the match all eyeballs were going to be on. Every year it was like, is this the year? Is this the year? Is this the year? It's like Susan Lucci with the Daytime Emmys. Is this the year she wins? Is this the year she wins? Same thing with, you know, The Undertaker. So it's a, um, you know, it, it's something that, you know, we can debate till the cows come home.
5: But he's... Real, uh, real,
2: real, real, so, real quick, Brian, did you just compare... The Undertaker, to Susan Lucci. Um,
6: I, the streak, I did. Yes, I did.
2: That, yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm just, so. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. It's a show. Never say never in this uh, in the wrestling business. But, hey, listen. Uh, uh, all, yes. all kidding aside, when I was a kid, my mom was a diehard All My Children fan, and I used to watch it with her as a kid. So I know very well, brother, who Erica Kane is. <laughs> you tell him... Uh... You tell him, Tommy. There you go. And hey Tommy, let me just ask, I'll ask the both of you, but Tommy, as a promoter uh uh Tommy, uh undertake a splitting with from Paul Bear. Okay? Should they have stayed together forever or did you uh what 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 do you what did you think about that? Yeah. Either way. I mean I, I yeah, he could never have been the American badass. was what, what, what was Paul Bearer gonna be on the back of his bike, you know, so like the character evolved, you know, I, I think it was right. fine for what it was. And I think it was fine that, you know, it, it and look, and he had a McCain That was perfect too. So I think it was, I would think it was perfect the way they did it. Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. So, uh, Hey, with that, let's just get into that time. I don't know if you have any more callers. I'll, uh, I'm going to say, uh, guys, always a pleasure looking forward to talking about Sherry next week. And, uh, guys, you have a good one, and I will uh, hopefully talk to you a week from today.
0: Sounds good, Ryan. Thank, right, so thank you so much, man. All right, yeah, the slam uh, line he, uh, is still slammed. And so we'll we'll rapid-fire yeah, and Matt, do we some calls the, here. Just a,
2: just a quick plug again. Anyone that lives in the New Jersey area, tomorrow night will be the final ISPW show of 2023. It's going to be at my family's church, St. Bonaventure's Church in Patterson, uh, located right off Route 80 on the Woodland Park line. The main event, Jay, for the first time ever in the main event will be the ISPW Tag Team Titles on the line when the champions, the NOW, defend the titles against the Silk City Kings, who, Jay, are from Patterson, New Jersey. They showed up at the last event and laid out the NOW and uh, left them laying. They're coming in public enemy number one, but they're in their hometown, so it's going to be a very unique dynamic tomorrow with these two. And then uh, the other uh, uh, one of the other headline matches for tomorrow will be for the ISPW tri-state title, the international shining star Ray Kalitri with Dave LaGreca in his corner goes one-on-one with Rick Recon, and uh, there's no love lost between these two guys. It is going to be a fight with them tomorrow night. And then your buddy, the winner, Andy Weinberg, returns to ISPW tomorrow night, Jay, and he's going to debut his newest protege in ISPW. All this and much, much more tomorrow night, Patterson, New Jersey at St. Bonaventure's Church on Ramsey Street. Tickets are available now on ISPWWrestling.com.
0: Man, that's incredible. The coolest thing that happened at my church when I was a kid was bingo night. You get ISPW at your church. That's pretty darn cool. And I know this next caller, he will probably be there. Front pew cheering on the superstars of ISPW. It's time for Total with Tom. Tom, good morning, sir.
4: All right, just sit back and listen. I want all the fans and I want you guys to try and keep up with me. The Undertaker should have lost. There is no reason why there should be an undefeated streak in any form of pro wrestling. You, you need to be going out looking at the lights. That's how you have to end anything. And the streak, Fireman Brian just contradicted himself, was always more important than the heavyweight or the main event. Like WrestleMania 25, everyone remembers Michael the Undertaker. Tell me what the main event was that night or the following year when he took on Michaels, or the following year when he took on Triple H. That streak needed to end. I mean, you're talking about Daniel Bryan. No one remembers the night that, 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 that he won the title because the Undertaker lost. Well, you set yourself up into that because you kept on having him win. He needed to lose. He, and Brock was perfect. Brock was elevated. Once he won that match, he was the one in 21 and one, you want to talk about, you know, shirts and merchandise? That Mac guy from Massachusetts. Hey, I don't think they got anything more out of it than 21 and one with Paul Heyman and Brock. And Brock to this day is still relevant. He's the one who just gave the rub to Cody about four months ago. That's what that man did. Brock was not the wrestler that we all thought he was till he, the Undertaker. Yeah, he had the title. But he really wasn't winning a lot of matches prior to that WrestleMania. Now, as far as who wants to be the Undertaker, because that was the original topic of this show, I say Matt from Massachusetts. You know why? Because Babyface Brian comes on the show and names everybody. There is no one else left (laughs) to talk about. Okay? There has to be a rule, and I've said it here before. You have a topic, the caller gets one choice. And I know Babyface Brian is going to say this. He's going to say, well, you missed this. Well, you missed that. Fine. Fall in at the end of the show or use this secret text line that nobody knows about that he seems to be able to contact you guys while he's not even on the air. I mean, what is that all about? And as far as topics go, you guys are missing the biggest topic. Talk about Sherry next week. What about CM Punk coming to the WWE? The topic should be when hell freezes over. Everybody should call in next week and say what moment in time happened in professional wrestling that they thought would never happen. That's a topic.
2: I love that. I love that That's topic. That's a very I good topic. I, let's do that for the following one Since we already we already announced that next week is sure. and I you know I kind of like the idea of having. Our topics and uh, advertise and taking people more time to prepare them for it. So yeah, that's that's a done deal. So next week will be the Sherry Martell episode. The following week, uh, Tom, you know what? I want you to uh, host the show with us. You, me, you, and uh, me, you and Jay together. Two weeks from today, you'll be the special guest co-host with us for the entire episode. How's that sound?
4: It sounds great. I have to check with Esmeralda to make sure I'm not booked on anything else. But that sounds right. great. So, all right,
0: so my my schedule is awesome. Sherry Martell next week, Hell Frozen Over the following week, and then the firefighter Brian Totowatom Tom debate uh, the Christmas special. Is that right? That sounds wonderful. wonderful.
2: So, Top, I, I I I was texting uh, Jay, and it wasn't on a private text line. It was direct private text communication line. between me and. It's a <laughs> premium. You got to pay. I for said. It. I want to do a special Christmas edition of uh, 80s Wrestling the podcast. Like we had the Thanksgiving party, I want to do a Christmas party. And we're going to get a couple of different special guy, big name guests on the show. I want to have a live debate between Totua and Tom and, uh, and, and uh, Firefighter Brian and an on-location Christmas cookie baking competition with the Stromboli sisters. All this and much more for our Christmas episode up Jack. Man.
0: Nothing makes better radio than cooking. I love it.
4: Let me just say one thing about the Rock and Wrestling Collector. I walked in there last Thursday or Friday and the vibe was different. You walk into the store, it's completely changed. It has a musical, a hard rock type of vibe. There were Elvis records on the wall. I saw Kiss paraphernalia mixed in with professional wrestling. There were droves of people who came into the store and were buying T-shirts. They were buying collectibles. There were pro wrestlers from ISPW who showed up. There were wrestlers, not even from ISPW, who were there looking at the merchandise. I had a chance to actually meet one. His name He goes by the name of Alex Raymond. And I hear that maybe ISPW might be seeing more of him down the line.
2: Now, uh, Jumpin' J, Tom will be uh, at the show tomorrow. We'll get his ringside correspondence on next week's episode. But total with Tom, as always, when I catch you the day before an ISPW show, and this is our final show of the year, and you've been such a huge part of ISPW this year, uh, what are you looking forward to seeing on tomorrow's show?
4: Rick Recon versus Ray Kalitri, after what we saw those two uh, do to each other. Uh, last, uh, at the last ISPW show, I mean, r- basically Rick Khalitri called out Recon. If you saw the video, he said, you're next. So that's a feud that has to f- uh, finish. I am very happy to see Leo Sparrow, the son of the sun, go up against Danny Morrison. I was hoping it was going to be a title match. It's not anymore, but it's going to be a great match for Leo to go against that type of caliber wrestler as Danny. And, of course, you have the main event, the Silk City Kings. <laughs> The hometown heroes taking on the ISPW Tag Team Champions, the now, Hale Collins and Vic Delicious. I think that might be stealing the night, that show, that 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 match right there. That's going to be the show stealer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to
2: that. And, again, anyone out there that lives in the New Jersey area come out tomorrow night, our final show of 2023. Toad with Tom, we'll be in the house. Head over to ISPWWrestling.com. Tom, it's a local trip for you tomorrow.
0: So uh, I will see you, uh, yes sir. Whenever you get there,
4: yes sir. Go to a Tom now. All one. right, buddy, have a good one.
0: All right, thank you, Tom. You could you
2: could take those two calls, by the way. I I uh, I, I told the drove of people waiting outside the store to get in that we need a, a few more minutes, Jump and Jay.
0: We're going overtime here. We got two callers who've been hanging on holds. We want to get their input on the taker, the streak, and who else maybe could fill that role if they had to. It's time to meet with our good friend of the show all the way from Butler, New Jersey. It's Danny. Danny, good morning, sir.
6: Hey, Danny was, the, Danny was at the at the grand opening too, man.
5: Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't camping out like total with Tom, but I definitely uh, made it a priority uh, to get there uh, with the, with the boys. And I tell you, Tommy, you know, what a perfect uh, topic today about the undertaker, you know, we're talking about rebranding and you, you, like I said, I think you did a tremendous job. I'm gonna, you know, give credit to Total with Tom. He brought it up, but I'm gonna make your comparison, rebranding to the Rock and Wrestling Collector. You adapted and you changed with the times, like the Undertaker. You did a tremendous job. Thank the, you, brother. The shop, shop looked awesome. You know, the, you know, with uh, all different types of memorabilia, the sports memorabilia, the music memorabilia. You know, you got the the wall painted with the albums. You know the the matches uh you know definitely it was like is a, a nice uh, rebranding and like i said uh always is always fun is always a pleasure, and it's always expensive going in and out of your store I tell you that much
2: <laughs>
6: especially when
5: <laughs> I, when you, especially man. when i when i go with uh with with the baggage uh, uh as far as the undertaker, listen, you know one of the greatest of all time an, a true icon right up there is like i said, we talked about Mount Rushmore many times in professional wrestling. He has to be up there, definitely. Right next to whether, whether it be Hogan or whoever, he's just as big in the business as any professional wrestler. An icon, a guy that's t- stood the test of time. You know, he's able to adapt. You know, per, I think I would have to say the American Badass, that's my favorite version of his, but they all did well. He he succeeded in everything. You know, the when he came out and that Survivor Series 1990, you look at a year into his debut with the WWF, you know, you could see that the, the the grand scheme, the the landscape was changing with his match with Hogan for the title, his first shot within a year. You could tell that the, the scene was shifting because he was, there were people cheering for him. There weren't people cheering for Hogan anymore. He were actually cheering for the heel. He got a pop when he won. They didn't last that long for whatever reason, but he definitely, like I said, the impact that he made right away, it was it was like, I think you could say it was groundbreaking. Nobody ever has ever done that so quick. Um, as far as the streak, listen, I, it bothered me when I had to see him lose because, like I said, you look at, you know, it's something of, of uh, mythical proportions of, you know, you go, you know, his first, you know, you, go, you talk about 10-0, 15-0, 20-0, 21-0. I was at WrestleMania 28 at the Hell in Cell with him and Triple H and I thought the match was phenomenal. Um I personally thought if anybody was going to do it it probably should have been Shawn at 25 because that probably was the best match Undertaker ever had in his career uh hands down WrestleMania 25. Um as far as Brock doing it at first I didn't like it because of the fact that you know he you know let, let's be honest is Brock star power yes is he you know definitely a guy that puts asses into the seat absolutely But i didn't feel like he earned that that respect to be able to be able to do what he was able you know what undertaker passing the torch to him but you know you look at it now i understand what they were trying to do they were trying to make this you know unstoppable monster and you know what at the end of the day it was the right thing to do well records and you know they're there to be broken it is it is what it is you you know you move on with it doesn't take away anything from his legacy, um, but you know, I, I, I it took me some time, but I did wear on it, and I felt like it was the right thing to do. It, it just was time for him to, you know, m- you know, move on and m- make somebody bigger. You know, like I said, is the the Undertaker, you know, without a doubt, top five in my book at a all time performers.
0: Very well said, man. Very well said, and I think. Uh... On an unrelated topic, you came across my uh, Instagram feed yesterday, my man. I was scrolling through, and there's a video from the Wrestling Collector with uh, the Berserker walking out, and I think you're in the background, Danny. I think you're you're standing in line as he's walking out of the store.
5: Yes, yes. I, I, that was, huh. I
0: think, uh, huh.
5: that was a huh. Jake, Jake the Snake uh, made an appearance. I, I believe that day, if I'm not correct. But yeah, well, I, that, I yeah. definitely, you're right, 100. percent
0: that's fantastic! Yeah, as soon as I saw your your number pop up here, I'm like, I saw him on my feed yesterday. Yeah, he was husking out the Berserker as he left the Wrestling Collector. Yes. I I, I,
5: awesome. I remember. I definitely I definitely uh, remember that. Um, but um, I don't know if you guys have uh, any more callers. I think you do. Uh, because it's a tremendous topic. I definitely look forward to talking about uh, Sherry Martell, one of my personal you know favorites. You know, I always admired her. You know, back when I was younger, and you know, look at her now. And, you know, she definitely would have fit into this uh, era, too, of, uh, what you know, the so-called uh, divas. I think she would have definitely meshed in uh, with this generation today. But, uh, you know, just a uh, happy uh, belated Thanksgiving to you guys. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. Um, you know, always look forward to talking to you guys. Uh, you take it easy. Have a tremendous weekend.
0: Sounds good, Danny. Thank you, you so much,
5: brother. All right. We got one caller left.
0: He's been hanging on for 28 minutes. His streak of waiting on hold is about to end because we're connecting with Fitzy from Mass. Fitzy, good morning, sir. Thanks for hanging on.
6: <laughs> good morning, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. 28 minutes. What's going on, running. man?
0: That's quite the streak. Hey, uh, we appreciate it.
6: Oh, you're welcome. Man. Pleasure to talk with you. Uh, as far as the streak ending for me, I was fine with it. Um, anyone that could take it over now, currently – it's probably only Bianca Belair at 3-0. and oh. mm. It'd be a long way to get there, but I don't know who else could uh, have to be someone new, you know, starting their WrestleMania run.
0: Um, yeah, it might be. Nobody else might be able to match what The Undertaker did. It might be one of those records that just stands forever.
6: Yeah, possibly. Quite possibly. Uh, as far as my thoughts on The Undertaker, man, when, you
0: know, the entrance coming out with
6: the Fink Saying he's coming from Death Valley, man, that that would blow your mind. But and I just was annoyed because I wanted to see him end with Roman Reigns losing at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That was such a moment. It brought like a tear to my eye because you just knew it was the end of something special. Yep. And then yep. for him to come back for the crown jewel shit, ugh, it just felt like a money grab. It felt gross.
0: It cheapened it a know. bit. I agree. Nope, I agree. Yeah. It cheapened it.
6: Um, but as far as who else could do it, uh, someone already said my to- top two thoughts of uh, Sid Vicious and uh, and Diesel. But uh, if you mm. had to go for another big man with the could do the look, kind of off the wall, what about Zeus?
0: Whoa. <laughs> that is yeah, that is off the wall. I don't think anyone was thinking Zeus, but man, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely wasn't.
6: He's a big man. He didn't have the skills, but he could do the look. He's tall. He's huge. He's got a crazy eye.
5: He's Put got that crazy eye. Put him in a
6: hat and a long coat. <laughs> hey, you listen, got Paul Bear there's, talking there's, for
2: him. <laughs> listen, there's nothing in the dictionary, Jumpin' Jay, that says that a undertaker can't have a, a,
0: a fucked up eye. So it could have been, been. been Zeus. Probably took a shovel to the face. You could have written into his storyline why his eye was wobbly.
4: That's a, yeah, <laughs> that's
0: a that's a big deep cut right there, Zeus. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, I'll let
6: you go. Look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Yeah, thank yeah, you so call, much. Paul, next week
2: we're we'll talking about sensational Sherry next week if you're around. Sounds great. Can't wait. All right. See
0: you later. See ya. Listen, I'm so glad you hung on hold for 28 minutes to hit us with a Zeus Undertaker. I promise you, nobody else will think tremendous. of a Zeus Undertaker. But now for the rest of the day, we will not stop thinking about Zeus Undertaker. So I'm so hey, happy listen, he hung on.
2: J- Jumping jail, we'll say this. Zeus Undertaker, and, and by the way, it's now called <laughs> Zeus Undertaker, who is now a fictional character on 80s
4: Wrestling People uh,
2: podcast. Along the time you speak, it's now Zeus Undertaker. <laughs> um, love that. Uh, there hey, is. Listen, in all seriousness, though, I, you'd rather say Zeus than say norman the lunatic you know
0: yeah yeah i mean listen when i when i researched the rosters of 1990 the name i mean no one could fill the shoes of mark but the only guy that i came up with that maybe because you got to have somebody who's not recognizable on WWF tv already because you got to rebrand it completely i did go with brian clark who debuted as adam bomb back in 1993 in 1990 he was in wcw He's wrestling under the name of the Night Stalker. He's 6'6", 290. So I feel like he could have fit the the not look.
2: A, not a bad but, call.
0: But I wouldn't have had call. the mystique, and I wouldn't have had the longevity of uh, the dead man. Hey, listen, you
2: don't know. That's what thing, know. You assume that, but unless Brian Clark was put in that situation, or oh. Brian Lee, or... Any of the other choices we talked about, Sid or Kevin Nash or whoever it may be, Zeus. I, I was, Zeus. Zeus. No, no, you're wrong, Jay.
0: Zeus Undertaker. Um, <laughs> Zeus Undertaker's streak would not have been broken. I just, I know that. <laughs> I,
2: I, 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 I will tell you what is broken though, uh, the the Boris Zukov Bolshevik joke, uh, because I think Zeus Undertaker is now the hot topic here. On 80s wrestling, the podcast, um, I would just I'm just laughing because can you just picture Zeus dressed like with a hat on and the and the long coat and the the tie? I would just love to see that. I really and anyone out there that is a Photoshop expert,
4: please, yeah,
2: can can someone please make us a Zeus Undertaker? Um, make us a Zeus Undertaker?
0: What do you think he would Tremendo. have shaved in, his, in the side of the head? Would it still have been a Z for Zeus Undertaker? Or would he have shaved something else into his head?
2: Uh, rest in peace. RIP in the side of the head. <laughs> oh, man.
0: That's
2: <laughs> money right there.
0: That's money. <laughs>
2: that's money and it's funny. 50. <laughs> awesome topic, man. Listen, everyone out there, I hope everyone has a great weekend. in Green New Jersey, come check out ISPW tomorrow night in Patterson, New Jersey. And uh, next week, uh, we will talk all about the life and times of sensational Sherry Martel. Really looking forward to that one. Jumpa J, hope you guys have a great weekend out there in Minnesota. And we will check you out next week right here on 80s Wrestling, Zeus Undertaker, the podcast. <laughs>